Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Preserve and protect your health by listening live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. I'm so happy to be here with you today. This is October 23rd, 2013. We're broadcasting today from Newport Beach, California. And we have a very special guest. His name is Jack Kenefick. And he is a certified nutrition specialist, a certified fitness trainer, health and weight management coach, and a motivational speaker. So let's get started and welcome Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi, Denise. How are you? Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on our show. So I always like to start my shows out with finding out how you got on the path to wellness and fitness. Well, yeah, I've been doing this for about uh, nine years now. Before I did this, I was actually a CPA for about 11 years. And uh, I come from a whole family of CPAs. My my dad's a CPA, my sister, my mother, my brother-in-law, they're all CPAs, and they absolutely love it. But I just, uh, I couldn't stand it. And there's just nothing worse than leaving work every day knowing that you're not fulfilling your mission in life. So... I can mm-hmm. remember even when I was a kid, even when I was a little kid, about 12 years old, I can remember having these visions of helping people and didn't really know what that looked like, but uh, just I uh, knew I wasn't doing what I should be doing. So I jumped ship at 35 and left all that, and now I'm doing what I love. How did you enter into it? Uh, you know, I was working with my family in their family firm, and so I, I told them what I wanted to do, and... They were always supportive of me, but I could tell that they were kind of scared for me. And uh, But I slowly transitioned out of accounting, so I would train clients and do nutritional counseling in the evenings and the mornings and then do taxes during the middle of the day. So it took about two years to phase out completely, but, but uh, yeah, that's how I got into it. Oh, interesting. So you kind of have a, a little different take on... You know, I've, I've done a lot of weight loss programs, and um, I find that you have a little different take on how to cycle uh, the weight off and keep it off. Yeah. So why don't you the, talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, the, you know, the, the main thing that I, I want to give my message to the world is that the, the whole fitness industry, the weight loss industry, it is just replete with so many fad diets and nutrition programs 
medications, medical procedures, supplements, and you know most of them they're trying to sell people on their product being the solution to their problems. And because I come from like a finance background where I was used to working 80 hours a week, most of the people that I cater to are just everyday average people that are just trying to balance all of it, the kids, the job, the mortgage, the bills, and they're just overwhelmed. So if you can't create a nutrition program that somebody can really stick to with, with, with their life for the next 10, 20 years, it really is a disservice to them. And that's why most, about 95% of diets and uh, fitness programs fail because they might be, they might, the information in the diets and nutrition programs might be correct. Like if you follow this diet, you will lose weight. But inevitably, mm-hmm. more often than not, people realize, oh my gosh, I, can't just, I just can't stick to it because I've got too much going on because it's not properly designed for their individual life. And that's a disservice, I believe. So if a, if, um, a potential client were to come to you, how do you start off with them? It takes an, uh, about an hour-long interview, and it's not only learning about their body type and their nutrition preferences, what kind of food they like, but it's also talking about their, what their day uh, is like and uh, talking about all the hang-ups that they've got about food because most of us, it's an emotional part. It's a, it's, uh, it all mm-hmm. starts with your head. And emotional eating, that's a huge factor. Uh, stress eating, not having time or not even having the, the tools of where even to start about eating properly. So it's kind of an intensive interview. And then it takes about another hour and a half for them to fill out a very detailed questionnaire, which kind of tells me just about everything about their life. And then you have to design a nutrition program where there's nothing in there that they don't like. They like uh, all the foods that are on the nutrition program they love. And mm-hmm. it, uh, because it's so detailed and so integrated with their existing life, the adjustments to their behavior are very, very slight. We're taking tiny, tiny, small steps. I call it tiny turns to the screws, making those adjustments <laughs> so slightly that you're barely, barely noticing it. So an example of that would be, let's say you give me a list of 10 restaurants that you normally go to, and mm-hmm. I'm going to look up all those menus, and I'm going to tell you exactly what to order and what not to order for every menu out there so you can still go out to all the same restaurants. Oh, how interesting. And you interesting. barely notice anything. Because it's not a service, a proper service to you to say, okay, uh, you know, Denise, I know you like work, um, going, eating out at these restaurants, but you just can't because it's just not healthy. Well, that's great because you're going to nod your head and say, oh, that's, that's nice, Jack. I, I understand what you're saying. I get it. But are you really going to stop? going to those restaurants, and if you do, you're going to be bummed out. Like, ah, man, I want to mm-hmm. go out with my girlfriends, or I want to go out with my mm-hmm. hubby or my boyfriend. Right. So that's something you can actually stick well, to. And, and what else besides the restaurants? What do you recommend they do at home? Yeah, and it all depends. It all depends on what their, daily, um, uh, what their, their day is like. So some people, they have trouble eating breakfast at all. Because they wake up and they're getting the kids ready, mm-hmm. they're on the phone, they're doing their emails, they've got to jam out the door and get to work. 
So something as simple as just having something very small, like a little, like a piece of fruit or some cottage cheese, something that's highly portable, that would be something mm-hmm. that they could totally do. And some people are so bad off where they're eating junk food or they're eating fast food three times a day. The, the approach with that is, okay, let's just forget about everything. The only thing we're going to focus on for the first two weeks is let's just focus on breakfast. So in other words, if you normally go to McDonald's for, breakfast, for, for lunch and dinner and you eat mm-hmm. chips and you drink three glasses of alcohol at night, if that's what you normally do, let's just keep all of that. Let's do all of what you normally do. Keep all those bad habits. The only thing we're going to focus on the first two weeks is let's get breakfast right. So I want you to have one of these ten things for breakfast. Have a small bowl of oatmeal. Have some cottage cheese. Have a piece of fruit with an egg. Focus on just breakfast for the first two weeks. And then every, every week we check in with your logs and we find out how you did. And if you're moving mm-hmm. forward and you've got breakfast nailed after the first two weeks, then we move up to, okay, let's start working on your mid-morning snack. But if you're not making progress, if you're still struggling, then we, don't, we haven't had the right to move on to the next thing. So it's really, really tiny steps. It's totally How many good. meals a day do you recommend? You know, it's, it's three but plus a couple of snacks. And when I, mm-hmm. when I say a meal, it's like, gosh, a cup of yogurt. Maybe it's a nutrition bar that you can take with you because a lot of people mm-hmm. drive or a lot of people, they're just so busy that they forget to eat. That's the hard thing. Yeah. And I'm one of those. With, oh, you know, and the thing is, I'm totally the same way. I'm the same way. And when I was an accountant, oh, my God, I, I, I would gain and lose 30 pounds every tax season because I was in the same oh, crazy schedule. Mm-hmm. When things get really rough and things get, you know, you get really stressed out, it's our human nature to put ourselves last. You know, we, we, it's like, oh, God, I, I'm so stressed out. Losing weight is the last thing I'm thinking about. I don't even care. Yeah. So you have to give people things that are so easy to follow that they can totally do it. So a meal replacement bar is something that's easy and convenient. It's something that everybody can do. It's not ideal, mm-hmm. but if you don't have anything else, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I find I'm, I just, I'm so engrossed in what I'm doing that then I, I just don't eat until I finish you know, those particular tasks or projects. What you're saying is what most people say, and that is the biggest obstacle. That is the single biggest obstacle people face when trying to eat properly. It's finding the time to take two minutes to eat something. And that's mm-hmm. what, most, what most of the nutrition programs that I do write, they involve a lot of convenient food, foods that are highly portable. Because mm. it's so unrealistic for me to tell you, okay, Denise, I want you to cook chicken breasts and prepare all your meals in Tupperware on Sunday night for the whole week. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> even, if, even if you don't laugh in my face at that, and you think that yeah. you can actually do that, Inevitably, mm-hmm. life is going to throw you a curveball, and you're going to be like, okay, there's just no way I can handle doing that. You're not going to do it. It's not real life. Mm-hmm. So the, it, the, if mm-hmm. I tell you to do that, then it's just useless information because you can't apply yeah. it to your real life. So, right. Anyway, yeah, I, I, used to go to, I used to go to a, um, a restaurant 
that served organic foods, and I'd order yeah. up like three meals that I could bring home for lunches. Yeah. <laughs> In the next three days, I'd be eating these meals. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> if that works for you, then there, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, well, I, and, uh, I, did, I did that for a very short period of time. <laughs> sure. Well, you know, I, I can think, you know, it probably it can get expensive and it can also get tedious going to that restaurant. The problem with that exactly. is that, that that works great, but when you're out of that environment, so let's say you're away on vacation, for example, or let's mm-hmm. say uh, you're traveling on business or you're just slammed at the office and you can't get to your favorite restaurant, you don't have the mental skills to know how to handle eating properly in all these different situations. So I tell people, right. usually it's a three-month or a six-month coaching program, but I tell people that the more chaotic their life is in that three-month or that six-month period of time, the more stuff gets thrown at them, the better. So let's say in a three-month coaching program, you're scheduled to go on vacation to Hawaii for two weeks. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to have to go through the holidays. You have to cook and host uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And then you have a friend who ends up passing away, and you have to deal with all the family family affairs of putting everything together, and you're stressed out. And then you're worried about your daughter or your son making the right choices with their boyfriend or girlfriend. And then you get into an argument with your spouse and things are really stressful. And then you have crazy deadlines at work. These are all these crazy chaotic things that you have in your life. The more those things happen in that three-month or six-month period of time, the more Mm -hmm. I can educate you on, okay, this is how you handle your eating when you're going through this. If you're going to go on vacation, this is how I want you to handle your eating in that situation. If you're going to be going through the holidays, this is how you deal with the holidays. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of three months or six months, you have those mental skills and you've proven to yourself that, yeah, it's, it's not as complicated as I thought it was so that you never, ever go on another diet again. You never fall back. So, but it sounds like you're um, advocating people eat whole foods? Is, is, well, is that's the basics. Yeah, I mean, whole foods are great, sure. And to eat whole, natural, healthy foods, I don't have to tell you that. And I don't have to tell anybody that because we all know the, the, the basics of eating properly. Everybody knows you don't eat, you know, pizza is not quite as good as green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody knows that. But there are some people that can't eat organic, for example, because they don't have the money. Right. Or... Right. You know, there there are people uh, that simply don't have the time to prepare their meals. Then there are people that, uh, you know, they they can't afford to eat those prepackaged meals that are made for you and delivered. You know, that might last for a few months, but then when you get sick and tired of having the same eight choices for dinner and those prepackaged meals and paying <laughs> 300 bucks a month or 400 bucks, it's like you can't, if you can't imagine sticking to that for 10 years or 20 years, it's not properly integrated with your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's very in-depth. Yeah. It's very intense. Uh, it's an intense coaching program, and it's tailored for you and you only because nobody else is in your shoes. 
Uh, Very true. And, uh, these people have a phenomenal success rate because they've got the mental tools as opposed to going into this diet or that diet, whatever you saw in a magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're trying to fit you into a square peg. It's one diet that's designed for the masses. Well, you're not like anybody else. So you follow the mm-hmm. diet, you get all excited about it, and you maybe lose some weight because, again, the diet itself is correct. The information is correct if you do the South Beach diet, if you do the paleo diet, if you do the, the, the juicing diet. If you do all of that, yeah, you're going to lose weight. But inevitably, when you realize, oh, my God, I cannot stick to this juicing diet forever. I'm dying. I'm going crazy. When you get off of that, you go back, you go right back, feeling more discouraged and defeated like there's something wrong with me. I'm a failure. And that's not true. And that's Mm -hmm. why, again, I said before, 95% of diets fail. And if you think about it carefully, the entire industry is dependent on people's repeated failure. So Hmm. if you, why would you spend any money or any time or any energy on some nutritional program if you had already gained success from some other nutritional program that you did five years ago? Why would you do that? I wouldn't buy anything that I don't need. I wouldn't waste my time on something that I don't need. And so the industry Mm -hmm. would die. It's kind of like the medical industry. You know, there's, there's more money in the treatment of a disease than the cure. You know, sure. medical, the pharmaceutical industry. It's kind of the same mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. So um, who are the main types of people that you serve? You know, it, it's, it's strange, but I never set out to target any one type of person or any one demographic. But for whatever reason... I serve mostly middle-aged women, and I think, I think it's because middle-aged women seem to have most, most stuff on their plate. They're overwhelmed. They have to juggle so many things, and they're stressed out, and I think it's particularly that those types of people that have a tendency to put themselves last. Mm, and they're yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, and so when they come to me, they've tried everything, and they're just kind of at the end of their rope. They've gained weight and lost it, gained and lost it, and they just don't know what else to do. And, um, well, and they have the hormone issues as well. And that's a whole other issue right there. Once you start getting into menopause or premenopause, it's a, it's a different ballgame. You've got mm-hmm. hormones going out of whack, and then it becomes really difficult for you to lose the weight. So, you know, it's even yeah. more difficult. And- and, and the genetics play a, kind of a small role. Um, a lot of times if you look at uh, a woman's mother and the woman is young, you can see what she'll look like if she follows the same path that her mother has followed. Yes, and that is so powerful. Isn't that powerful? Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. is, yeah. And, you know, I, I tell people... Our primary motivator in life with most people is just human nature. The primary motivator with most humans is the avoidance of pain as opposed to the the seeking of pleasure. So, Mm -hmm. for example, it's less painful for us to stay in a toxic relationship than it is to deal with the, the, the thought of being alone. It's less painful for us to stick in a job or career that we don't like than it is to not have money and pay our bills. 
it's less painful for us to stay overweight and not feeling comfortable in our skin and not fitting in our clothes than it is to deal with the pain of actually having to do something about it. And until that scale tips where it now is more painful to stay where we're at than it is to do something, until that scale tips and you wake up and you say, this is the day I can't take it anymore, I don't want to mm-hmm. be heavy, then there's not a whole lot that I can do for somebody. Because I, I'm there well, to hold your hand and you know give you the love and attention, but you've got it. It's hard sure. they have to do it. But I'm sure I'm sure you have clients that come to you because they're not well either. Yes. You know, it's not. Sometimes it's not even necessarily a weight issue. It's a health issue. Oh, absolutely. That's right. And um, I'll give you a perfect example of what you mean. Um, sometimes that scale tipping can mean that they've just went to their doctor and they they had some blood work done and their doctor really scares them. You know, Denise, if you don't do something about this, you're going to be in deep trouble. That could be it. Uh, Some people, if it is a weight issue, they they, um, see a picture of themselves in a family photo. They don't recognize the person in the picture. But a lot of it is health. I mean, you're you're spot on with that. It's not Mm -hmm. just cosmetic. Especially the people that I serve, the people that I serve, you know, they're in their 40s and 50s, and you have to, you know, we become acutely aware of our own mortality, right? You know, and we start to get high blood pressure or hypertension, you know, diabetes. So, yeah, it's it's not just cosmetic. In your practice, why do you um, think that obesity has become such a, a problem you know, particularly in the last couple of decades. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's not an old. It's yeah, it's not an old problem. Uh, the the we you know there've always been obese people, but uh, the epidemic is relatively young. It's it's a ten to twenty year old problem in the in this country, and I think it largely has to do with economics. Um, I thought a lot. I think a lot of it is economics. Number one, you have. Uh, more so now than in the baby boom generation, you've got both husband and wife working full time to pay the bills. So there's less uh, free time to uh, cook or eat properly. So more people are eating on the go. Uh, number two, you've you know got a lot of single moms or single dads. They're trying to feed their kids and they're juggling the job and the and the mortgage and and the kids at school. So they'll pick something uh, a lot of fast food a lot of convenience foods, and a lot of times if you're a single mother, for example, you're trying to stretch your dollar, you can feed your kids and yourself for $10, whereas if you went to a grocery store, you can't really buy a whole lot of food for that. And a lot of it is marketing. A lot of it's marketing. Mm -hmm. You can get more and more food for less money. It's just a, Mm -hmm. and we just kind of consume whatever's in front of us. Even in the schools, you know, schools are having budgetary problems, and so they'll cut back wherever they can. One of the first places the school districts can cut back is with the food. You can't cut back Mm -hmm. salaries, and you can't cut back certain programs, and you can't cut the electric bill. Um, So they cut back on food, so they have a lot of fast, convenient foods, chips, candy bars, things like that, instead of, um, you know, fruits and vegetables. Yeah, so I know that there's a movie too. Yeah, but there's a pretty big movement out there to get a lot of that out of the schools. Yes. I know 
soft drinks, I think. They've taken out. Oh, that's huge. In Isn't that huge? Water. Yeah, that's uh-huh. a big deal. Those add so, so they're finally calories. waking up. Oh, my God. Yeah, listen to this. Oh. Listen to this statistic. One soda is 150 calories. Now, that in itself doesn't sound like a lot. But if mm. you have one soda a day, one soda a day is, uh, that's, oh, God, what is that? It's like 4,500 well, calories it, in a month. Yeah. If it was a typical, if your, if your typical daily requirement, say, like for a woman, is maybe seventeen hundred calories, seventeen eighteen hundred calories, and and you consume more than one soda, you could end up with a quarter of your daily intake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of strictly and it's, just um, soda. And it's just sugar. It's just sugar. It's it's uh, liquid sugar. And uh, mm-hmm. I I do a, a demonstration for people. I I have a, I have a, a five pound <laughs> prop. It's uh, five pounds of fat. It's a prop, and it's made of rubber, Ooh. but it looks like fat. It's really gross. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, just one soda. It's a blob. Yeah, I have people touch it and they hold it. And it's really gross, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a blob. Um, so I, you know, just just um, one soda a day, that's five pounds of fat in three months. It's just crazy. So this is what I try to educate people. I try and educate people that making tiny changes really adds up to a huge difference over time. Well, that's a good example right there. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you a real-life example. I have a client. She's 62. She's postmenopausal. Okay. And she read an article about a year and a half ago in a magazine about hey, making mm-hmm. tiny, tiny changes makes a huge difference over time. So she has a cup of coffee every morning. And with that cup of coffee, she has a tablespoon of heavy whipping cream. So she reads this article and she decides to go from a tablespoon to a teaspoon. So it's 80 calories versus 30 calories. So she's saving herself mm-hmm. 50 calories a day. 50 calories a day mm-hmm. doesn't sound like much. But that's 1,500 calories in a month. That's 18,000 oh. calories in a year. And 18,000 <laughs> calories is about, 30, about, about five pounds of fat. That's 30, there's 3,500 <laughs> calories in a pound of fat, so that's five pounds of fat. And that's, the, that's that disgusting globule that I show people. It's like holding mm-hmm. a baby. It's huge. Anyway, mm-hmm. so she lost 10 pounds in one year doing nothing else so she didn't cut back the rest of her diet she wasn't working out anymore she just did this one thing and she lost 10 pounds and she's 62 Mm. so um that's a real world example of how making those changes very very slight changes it adds up and you're really not infringing on your lifestyle you're not getting all bummed out because you can't go out with your friends on a friday night to a nice Mm -hmm. dinner Mm -hmm. you know that's a bummer Anyway, hmm. that's, yeah. no, that's that's a I like that story. Yeah, Jack, you've been a wonderful guest, and I want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for enlightening our listeners on the fact that there are better ways to lose weight and to have a healthier lifestyle. For those of you who would like to contact Jack, he can be contacted by phone at area code 949-254-6566.
or you can go to his website, which is www.balanced-life-fitness.com. Please join your host, Denise Messenger, again next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a wonderful evening, or if you're in the middle of your day listening to the show by podcast, enjoy. Bye-bye.